0: It's funny, even just hearing you say that, because I I never considered an alternative. I was always okay. like, okay, hey, what's next? What's next? What's next? Like, how am I going to do better next time? And and I've I've had so many amazing projects. And I think that's that's really the key. Like I'm almost a hundred percent referrals, um, which seems crazy. Um, but I've just had so many fun projects, you know, between, you know, um, I don't know. I I find that people that approach me have a, they trust my vision. So a lot of the times it's not a lot of back and forth. It's like, I'm hiring you because I want you to just do your thing. So I get to constantly kind of like reinvent that and like, okay, what's my thing today?
1: Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Hey, hey, creator, and welcome back to another episode of the True to You podcast. I'm very excited to share this one with you today because as I was listening back to it, I was having flashbacks to my own story because if you don't know, when I left architecture, I actually started out creating a blog. I thought maybe there was a way to monetize a blog because I could see a lot of people doing that. But anyway, my bestie Catherine and I, if she's listening to this, hey Catherine, <laughs> we started out blogging and we started out blogging in the natural beauty scene, which about 10 years ago was really starting to explode here in Australia. And anyway, that eventually through my work with Lou Lemon and seeing that coaching was something that really lit a fire under me, <laughs> I eventually moved into coaching several years later, but it started out humble beginnings with having a blog. And that's really how we learned to create content and start an email list and all of those fun things. We even put on workshops back in the day. So we were building both an online and an offline community. And so listening to Ashley's story, Sounded very familiar. And what's really cool when you hear this story is that she has been very persistent in trying different things, but she always has an eye for business. So Ashley studied business and ended up in recruitment, but really her love for design had her come back to it and create the design studio that she has today, which covers both branding and interiors. And what's really cool is that she always had a knack for finding a way to create a service or monetize what she was doing through product collaborations when she was blogging. I think this is a really cool skill that a lot of people, when they're passionate about something, they can be afraid to offer it as a service and she's also one thing that I think you'll love as well especially for the mamas out there listening to this is that over the years she's learnt a lot about how she wants to do business and really creating a business that serves her and her family and the lifestyle that she wants to live as well and so she's picked particular business models that are going to suit that and so you'll hear what she landed on in terms of her business model as well but I don't want to give it all away in the intro so let's dive into the episode you're listening to the Trudy podcast and this is a conversation with the beautiful Ashley Isaac. Welcome to the Trudy podcast Ashley thank you for joining me today. Well thank you for having me. Ashley is joining us from Ottawa in Canada. And so I always love chatting to people on the opposite side of the world because they have very different stories about the seasons and what's going on and and how that affects life and things like that. So we've just been having a bit of a chat about that. So very cold and very snowy where she is right now um, in March and ready to have some sunshine and some summer. Or at least some spring, some hints of spring, right? Yeah.
0: In a few months. <laughs> a few I months. always, I always, yeah, it's like April, you're not quite safe. You know, May, you're usually safe. Well,
1: <laughs> I so, yeah. think if you if you love winter, the moral of the story is move, move <laughs> to that part of Canada. Okay, yeah. so when I was digging around, Ashley and and looking into your backstory it's very interesting what you, where you came from, what you studied at university and how you've molded that into what you're doing today in the creative space. And you have a couple of different arms to your business, although very much in the creative sphere. Why don't you share a bit about your backstory going back to you can go back to like childhood and teenage years if you want, um, but I know you studied business and you haven't followed that path. So tell us like what that what that was like to make that transition and decide to not pursue a corporate career off the back of that Sure. So yeah, I guess it does really start
0: in like high school. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was always, you know, driven to design. I loved clothes. I loved anything that was like aesthetically beautiful. (laughs) That is where my focus was. Um, But, you know, not to have one of these, you know, blaming your parents for anything conversations (laughs) because I love them but they were very much like, Ashley, you need to get like a good degree. You need to get a good job. It's going to earn a lot of money. You have expensive taste, (laughs) you know? So they did take me to Toronto. We went to one design school and we looked at it and they were kind of like, you know, go get a business degree first. And then, you know, after that, if you still want to, if you still want to pursue it, then we can talk about that. So, um, so I, I chose business because it seemed like the smart thing to do, but you know, of course, in hindsight, I mean, I think it's helped me now. Um, but yeah, so I, I stayed in Ottawa. I stayed at home. I went to Carlton university. I studied business. I hated every single minute of it. It was horrible. Um, and then when I was done, I was like, I just want to make money. I don't want to keep going to school. Like that experience was, was so poor. Um, I'm just going to get a job. So I've, I focused in um, human resources because it had the least number of mandatory night classes, which is ridiculous because I don't even really love like people, which sounds horrible, but it was really not right. But anyways, I ended up in recruitment um, for about seven years um, worked my way up from an agency setting to a corporate setting, had a really good job, you know, paid well, but I hated it. (laughs) So what happened was, um, you know, through all of that, I got married and, um, you know, we wanted to have children and this is where the turn begins. Um, I, so I started blogging because I was like, well, you know, where is this infertility? Like no one has told me that this could happen. I thought IVF was literally something that celebrities did or like women who were like 45 and like missed the window, not to be like insensitive. Um, But I felt blindsided. So I started blogging um, and that was really the beginning of everything. So on the blog to fill my, my posts, I would put like, oh, here's some home decor renovations we're doing, or, you know, just like small projects from there. And then, you know, eventually we worked our way through, we had babies and when I was pregnant with twins, that was what really gave me the push to like get rid of the job that I hated so much. Um, So I quit that. I stayed at home, you know, in my head, I was going to blog, I was going to do all these things, but the reality of having twins was, it was quite chaotic for a while. So I did blog on on and off. Um, And then when the girls were three, we decided to move out to the country. So I'm still in Ottawa, but like just barely. Um, And when they moved out here, that's when I started launching businesses. So at, at that point I had started on Instagram um, I still had my blog, you know, my Instagram following was probably like 500, but it felt really good to be like doing something, growing something. Right. So in my head, friends and family had always been like, you should be in design. I I'd done design for friends and families over the years. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try this. So I launched an organizing business first. I called it parent edit. I made my own word, uh, WordPress website from scratch. Um, took me like 4 months. Um and I launched it and the first client I had I came home in tears. It was like disgusting. It was like a hoarding house. <laughs> so that was kind of like, you know, attempt number 1. I think they say you have to launch like three or four businesses before one of them will stick and that is what happened. So I did that for a while. I also started weaving. <laughs> I don't think I told you this in our in my backstory and you probably can't find evidence of this. <laughs> but I also I also d- designed a second website Started weaving, opened an Etsy store, realized that like that's really not going to make any money. Like it's so much work for so little. So, anyways, then I finally started getting some real design clients. So that was where I was really getting the traction with interiors at first. Um, so I did a few big like full home um gut uh renovations, um, which I really enjoyed at the time. Then we had a third child. So that sort of um, y- you know not set me back, but then I sort of focused on my social media at the time because it was growing and brands were starting to approach me saying like, Hey, can we pay you to, to do this? So I was kind of like, Oh, here's another, you know, income possibility stream that I like, because I do love, you know, styling, styling things and creating content, um, for brands. So that was sort of like business number two. And then It was after I had my son, um, an opportunity locally came up to bid on designing a coffee shop and that really launched everything else, um, because that one got, you know, some public recognition. I designed, you know, the full interior, the exterior and the website. Um, so that one was the first time they knew I had just redone my own website again. And they were like, Hey, do you think you can do ours? And I was like, yeah, sure I can, I can do it. And then after that, that's where the branding and website design really took off because other local clients, it's a really small community there. It was in Manatech, um, which is part of Ottawa. And if you lived here, you would know, but obviously no one else is going to know. But a lot of local businesses in Manatech saw that I'd done their website and branding. So from there, I started doing more um, brands and websites. And then that just fueled everything on that end. So now. That's sort of how these sort of three lines of business came to be. Um, Yeah, so that was four years ago that I did that. So now I've been doing sort of, you know, branding, websites and select interiors um, ever since then. So that was sort of how that all came to be. And I feel like I am still using my degree like a little bit. You know, I did take some sort of coding class way back in the day and... I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be good for something in there with marketing, and you know, there's something.
1: Yeah, definitely. I look back at what I studied, and there's elements of that that I've used. Even what I did for a previous career, there's elements of of that that I used, and often it's subconsciously, right? You don't realize, and then. Yeah. You go oh yeah that I learned that 10 years ago or it yeah, was something totally. I was doing every day as an architect and and now I can use that in this business so it's always it's always until we look back that we realize oh, actually everything leads leads us somewhere yeah. and it's all helping us it's never I think when I was helping women with career changes when I was first coaching, that was a big thing helping them understand that they're not starting from scratch. We're just taking the best of the skills and and using them for a new direction. I've got a couple of questions. So what was the timeframe for you from, I guess, how long ago did you leave the corporate world. How old are you? Like that was a run when you yeah. had your first babies. So
0: my my twins are ten. So right. it was about
1: eleven years ago. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. A while. Cool. Yeah. No, I think what's really interesting is that gives people some perspective of all of. I mean, in that time, right, that you've been raising uh, children yeah. and doing all of these other things that go along with that. So that's been yeah. a big chunk of your life, but. I'd love to know like what's kept you in the business game because a lot of people will take an idea, launch it and it either works or it doesn't, um, or maybe it goes okay and then they're like, oh, I, I want to give that away or they, they decide they want to do something different or they go back to the old career, but what's really kept you still interested in pursuing your own thing after all these years and, and some wins and some failures and lots of lessons and all of that. It's funny, even just hearing you say that, cause I, I never considered an alternative. I was always okay. like, hey, what's
0: next, what's next, what's next? Like, how am I going to do better next time? And, and I've I've had so many amazing projects and I think that's, that's really the key. Like I am almost a hundred percent referrals, um, which seems crazy. Um, but I've just had so many fun projects, you know, between, you know, um, I I don't know. I, I find that people that approach me have a they trust my vision. So a lot of the times it's not a lot of back and forth. It's like, I'm hiring you because I want you to just do your thing. So I get to constantly kind of like reinvent that and like, okay, what's my thing today? Um, And I guess looking back at like, okay, when I started the organizing business, yes, I got discouraged. Um, But what happened was as I started that And then I kind of looked in the mirror one day and was like, you know what? I think I want to have another baby. So that was like a really good reset. Not that everyone can have that, but it was a really good reset because then that gave me opportunity to make some like interesting content for social media. And then that helped me discover the fact that there is this other, um, opportunity to earn money, um, doing something that I really like. So I think with me, I I don't like saying it was luck because I don't think it's luck. I think it's like determination. I was always just like, I'm never going back to an office. Never like that's never happening. So it's like, well, I want to make good money. Like there's no, there's no pressure. Like the pressure that comes has always been from me mm. so it's just been like i want to do something i want to be bigger like i even now where i am now like i'm happy but like i'm not staying here like i am this is getting bigger like it's just that's always been i've always been very determined and i i will not fail <laughs> like you know in the long game it's gonna work out and i think i have that belief and you know the organizing thing honestly That I never wanted to do that. I felt like because I didn't have formal design training, I had to start at the bottom. Not that organizing is the bottom, but I felt like okay, here's something I don't need, you know, another degree for or something. You know, it'll get me in the door, and it did. Um, And I only did like three or four homes organizing, and then people started hiring me just for design. So I think it's just been the fact that I keep getting these amazing projects and that when I have a lull in one business, I just turn to the other business, you know, and I know there's so much push online to like niche, niche, niche. And I still am like, oh, should I be specializing? But then something else comes up and I'm like, oh, this is fun too. So I guess in that, like the whole gen, like we sort of touched on human design briefly before we got on the call. And the more I've learned about that, it's like as a generator and a three five it's kind of like when something comes in and it's like a, a hell yes that like fuels my excitement and then sort of on to the next and that's sort of been the way the whole
1: time totally totally and it's probably interesting now learning a little more about human design and just seeing how everything's full fallen into place across your history of the last 10 years and and it probably gives you some context and some answers. But what I love is that you let the determination outweigh the thoughts around this is not working, or this is a failure. And a lot of people will sit in that space, even though they're wildly creative. And if they actually get their thing off the ground, then it's going to do really well. But I think what's really cool there is you you mentioned that you know the determination to always keep getting better and to to just faith knowing that something would work was gonna work. It just might not be this thing. It might be the next thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That really takes courage to believe in that. Yeah, I think what's interesting though is that everything has built on on the next thing. So even if we go back right back to your blogging days. And I I blogged as well for a bit. And I look back and I go, thank goodness I did that because that taught me how to write or that taught me mm-hmm. how to produce a lot of content. It taught me to create a schedule around. And there's so many skills that even though, you know, it didn't become what I thought it was going to become. I imagine you look back even to like you were talking about the the organizing business you look back even to your blogging days and you probably think well that taught me so much that I can use now is there anything that you can think of right back from those those like let's call it humble beginnings that you now (laughs) use today in your business I think back then it was probably like
0: photographs like taking good photographs um and writing i love writing like uh, as an a complete aside i've written like three or four like 70,000 word first drafts that i've wow. you know, they're, they're in my head as a, a future you know it'll it'll happen eventually thing um and i think blogging was the start of that so it's definitely the start of writing of telling your story um i'm one of those type of people on instagram who I write novels for captions. Like, I can't just be like, oh, here's the outfit of the day. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I have to write like something with feeling or, you know, some sort of a story. And it was totally blogging. Like, as soon as I started blogging, it was like, oh, I have things to say. And um, so, yeah, it definitely taught me, you know, how to write. And then the organizing business taught me how to make a website, you know, (laughs) like I'm super grateful. And I I look at that experience because it was painful, but I look at that experience as that is where I learned, where I got the spark to start designing websites. Cause I I do all the coding and everything. And it was back then that I took the time to to learn how to do that. So hundred percent, I don't regret any of that. And blogging, I still love, like I still do dabble on my original blog occasionally because brands, like if I have an interior, like something in our house that I want to do, I will pitch brands and they'll often give me all the the stuff, but they want a blog post or whatever, um, for, you know, in addition to whatever content I'm creating for them. So I still use it, even though it's ancient and is mostly full of like, you know, pictures of
1: baby bumps and, and IVF drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Oh, cool. I've got some questions on, on that. Actually, i I'd love to know a little bit around this pitching to brands and things like that, because I think that that's a skill that's almost like a sales skill, but you're selling your own, um, you you know, you're selling a, a project to someone, an idea, how, because that would, that's actually really relevant to this audience. We have so many creatives in this audience that uh, perhaps they could look at sponsorship for some of their projects or they could look at uh, partnering with with different people in order to support their what they're trying to create because maybe it provides materials or resources or something like similar to what you were doing. Was that something that you just when in cold did you have the experience did you know what you're doing like talk to me about that because that's really yeah
0: so I can't remember where but it was a few years ago and I bought some five dollar template on how to pitch oh wow I made it I made it my own you know so basically what I found with um to get success when pitching, what, what works for me is going in with a full plan. So I don't like people are always like, Oh, you need a media kit. I don't think I have one, but I think I've been asked for it maybe three times ever. So to be honest right now, I mostly don't pitch. It's mostly brands pitching, like reaching out to me now. Mm. Um, but for, you know, if I, if I have a specific project in my head, um, and I have the time, then I will pitch and what I find works, Um, and I mean, I guess it's coming from more of an interiors perspective, but you could hopefully apply it to anything is I will mock up, um, like do, so let's say like with my, my daughter, I'll send a brand, um, you know, a mock-up of like their product in the design plan. Okay. And then I'll send it to them saying like, you, you know, and I will, um, give them a bit of, you know, like giving them a bit of my background, like I'm a designer, um, you know, and, and I've worked with lots of different brands and then like, you know, I'm doing this renovation and, you know, I want this specific piece. Um, and then it depends because I work in two different ways. So most, when, when brands approach me, it's always paid. I don't do anything that's not paid, um, now, but if it's for my house and, um, you know, I did a big partnership for a living room. I didn't get paid, but it was like in the tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff um that i was getting and i was okay with it because the requirements were were minimal but with that it was once again selling them the whole plan like here is what your product is going to look like and here's how i'm going to use it and this is why my audience is going to like it and i'm going to put it on my instagram and i'm going to put it on my blog and they love and pinterest is a big thing so um by blogging or even on Instagram, you can pin your, your Instagram posts. Um, but brands like that because it's, it's evergreen content, right? It, it lives forever. It's not like one social media post. That's just like, oh, you know, if you catch it, you catch it. If you don't, you don't. So I think appealing to the fact that like, um, I like to go in heavy, you know, <laughs> like, okay, this is how it's going to look this is what you're getting. Um, and then it's almost, it's, it's a yes. You know, a lot of them will go for it. So, um, so that's that, but of course I always want to say like, you should get paid for your time. You know, like the, like I said, the only reason I will do something for free is if the monetary value is so high and I really want it, um, then I'm okay with it, but otherwise, you know, um, you want to be paid (laughs) so that you should be pitching, you should be pitching your rate too. And I'll say one more thing on that topic because brands will reach out and and they'll give you a budget and and that's never the real budget. So like a hundred percent always go back and be like, well, actually my rate is this. And it's usually a lot higher. And most of the time they'll come back and be like, okay. (laughs) So then
1: you're like, Um, so they always start low. Yeah. I find that so Fascinating because we we did a bit of that back in the day when I had a beauty blog and we would pitch to brands to get products because we were looking at Australian New Zealand made natural beauty products. It was back, you know, this this is literally ten years ago as well when yeah. that whole scene was emerging. I love it. <laughs> Everyone was getting so excited about it, and and yeah. honestly, down under compared to what you have in Canada and North America is. Uh, like we have we have just a very small market still. So you can imagine okay. 10 years ago, it was teeny tiny and brands were really yeah. excited. Uh, yeah. But I love a couple of things that you said there. One is that you basically created a pitch so that all they really had to do was say yes or no, there was no gray area. And if anything, the way that you put it, to them, it was going to be it, that's a hell yes. It's an easy yes, right? Because you took all of the the hard work out of it, and I also really respect that you said get, talked about getting paid for it, and and that may that may change. You know, maybe in the very early days, it might be different yeah. to when you have a lot more experience. But still, if you have a skill and you would normally get paid for that skill by a client. It's also important to realize that as well, because I think sometimes we think when we're starting out in a business and with something like pitching to big brands, oh, but I'm new and I'm early days and and I don't have a lot of experience with this business, but you might actually have 10 years experience in interiors prior. So yeah, I think. That's so good that you mentioned that. I'm very, very, very happy to hear that. Um, Pricing comes up a lot in coaching conversations, so it's really helpful to to have guests that that back that as well. So let's talk a little bit. Let's shift gears now a little bit to your current business. I guess you could say that you have... two businesses but they're still in in the design field one is more focused on interiors one is more the branding and the websites and something that i noticed in both of your offerings there is that you do something called the done in a day so people call that a vip day Um, it's it's become very popular now but I'm really interested as to why that suited you. Maybe it's personal reasons. Maybe it's the way your energy works. Why did you choose that as, as a business model? Um,
0: so, yeah, I think I, I stumbled on sort of a done in a day about a year ago. And I was like, what is this? So I'll I'll give you the honest story of why this has happened, because it is personal on, on many many levels. Um, last year, like in Canada, um, in Ottawa, we were locked down a lot. Right. And I have three kids and they're all home for like two years. And I had two big or three big home renovation projects that were supposed to begin right when the first lockdown began and they dragged over forever. And the amount of stress <laughs> that those projects it's the clients are listening right now they were great but like the amount of stress that those long never-ending projects brought to me it was just ridiculous and you know it, it was down to the point last summer where I was camping because I love camping I was camping with two for two weeks with my kids and for a week my husband wasn't there so I was with the kids I had my macbook with me because I was trying to put out fires that were not my fault it was like supplies and contractors and just all of this mess. And and at the end of the day, I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, and and then I have these talks with my husband like over the years and he's like, you should just drop the interiors. And and, and ultimately I think that I might be leading that direction because I have scaled back a lot on the interiors. Um I was keeping it because I still I still love transforming spaces. Um but now with you know, supply issues, materials, it really just isn't fun anymore for me, at least. So moving, um, and then I also saw an opportunity. So I started with, um, I started with designer for a day with interior. So I did a couple of those. And then I was like, I'm going to do this for websites too. And that was more so to reach clients that I had had a nice talk with, but they really just weren't at the point where they could invest in a full scale custom branding and website design. That is my my love. I love out of all the things I offer, my favorite is um custom branding, custom websites and and doing everything. Um, but people can't all do that. So Um, This was a way to work with some of the great clients, some of the great connections I've had on Instagram. That's where most of my designer, my website in a day have come from. And Brandon day were people that knew me on Instagram, they were like, oh, finally you have something that I can work with. Um, So these projects are amazing because the stress level is like almost zero and clients are blown away. Every time we do this, they're like, I cannot believe that you just did this in a day um so there is a lot of prep that goes into this so i call it you know done in a day but really i am super organized behind the scenes i set up a shared headquarters using notion i don't know if you've ever used notion but i, I love it okay so it's one of those many free tools out there i think i pay five bucks a month to have like the premium service but you know i set it up in there um depending on if it's interiors or web um we'll do like an hour strategy call or an hour on site meeting for interiors a week before usually exactly a week before we do our day together um so during those sessions you know i sort of gather but you know what's important feel out their style um i'll do a shared pinterest board leading up to that week so when i go into that day together i in my mind i'm not starting from scratch like i already have a plan um, and then on that day, the client has to be available for the seven hours for quick feedback. So we jump on Zoom calls you know, throughout the day um, and, and just go back and forth. And I love it. The other thing there too is any sort of homework, like let's say website copy, it has to be to me before that day. Otherwise I just put filler text and that's it, you know, because mm-hmm. waiting for copy can take months, you know, and I'm, I've always been a nice person. Like, don't worry about it. I know you have a hard situation too. Like a lot of my clients have families and, you know, it's been a nightmare for everyone. So I try to be understanding, but um, in this setup, it's my stress level has just like plummeted. So um, and it is super satisfying. Like I describe it, like when those days are done, I feel like I'm high. Like I'm just like, so ecstatic. Um, and the clients are too. So, um, I really love those days. I still do love, you know, the full surface branding and website. I've gotten rid of the full site service interior design. Um, but it's great. And I can schedule my time so well now, you know, I can just say like, okay, every week I have one of these to fill in, you know, around my big projects. And it's been really nice.
1: Yeah that's that's super cool insight because i know a lot of people feel that what's what they see out there there's only one way to do their business and i'm interested to know how um how long did it take you to pull this together was it very much like i'm going to shift my services quickly or is it something that you experimented with a little bit with clients because it sounds like the clients were on board because you want to make sure obviously that there's a market and we know that there's a market because there are a lot of people doing this especially in the design space systems like back-end systems and admin for small businesses as well there's a lot of people doing that type of service as well but was there a bit of testing to know, oh, my client's actually keen for this? Do the, is this going to satisfy them? You know, like interiors, a lot of clients in, in the past that I've worked with in the architecture space, they love having their hand held for months and to be working with their designer. <laughs> and suddenly you're saying, yeah. <laughs> we're going to nope. do this in a day, okay? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. So it what, definitely. What's that
0: like? It- well, I didn't test it out. I just was like, I'm going to just do this. You know, I'm, I'm sort of in my head. I'm like, fake it till you make it, you know? Um, and I wasn't faking being able to do these things. You know, I was just sort of confident. I think the first interiors, one I did I leading up to the day together, I, I, anytime I thought of something or, or saw, you know, rug or a couch or something online that I thought like, Oh, maybe this will work. I would save it on my phone. So that going into that first day, I felt like I had this like arsenal of stuff already in my back pocket and that I knew it was going to be a success. Um, and I think, you know, I, I was really clear with that client. So another thing I bought like some $30 course for this designer in a day template. So I'd been debating, I thought kind of interested in it for a few months, got to a point where I was like, okay, I have a bit of time. I can actually like Go and, and see this. I'll buy this $35 course or whatever. Just because I wanted to see, understand how she did it, you know? Um, and I don't do it how she did it. Um, I think at the same time, I found Notion and I found another little cheapy course. So basically, my whole business is compiled with <laughs> these cheap courses that I randomly stumble on and some other courses. But um, yeah, I just sort of set it up as if I'd been doing it forever. I didn't tell the client that it was my first one and I just did it and it was great. And then, um, the website one felt easy in comparison to, um, the interiors one. Um, But it does, it definitely takes a specific client. So I find now I'm just pushing back on clients and I'm just saying, you know, the only way you can work with me for an Mm -hmm. interiors project is in this model. So either they're going to say yes or no. And if it's a yes, they understand, you know, the situation. And if it's a no, I'm fine with that, you know? So, and that, what you just said earlier about realizing you don't have to do it the way everyone else does it, I think that that is a skill that I'm really glad to be getting more of, because for the longest time I was like, I, I hate doing CAD drawings. My husband used to do my CAD drawings. He's an engineer. And then one day he was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So then I was like, Oh, what do I do now? I'm not doing that. So it's like, it's, it's figuring out that you actually don't have to do it the same way everybody else does. And that you can just do it the way you like, make it work for you. And then that was the big thing with, and I I feel like last summer and all the stress that I went through, like I was literally having like chest palpitations and like heart pain.
1: Mm.
0: Um, and, and I think it was just panic attacks and it was just because of all the stress and then realizing like, why am I doing it all this way when I could be just as successful, but like condense my timeline so much. So like, even in my custom designs now, I do it a lot quicker because I know that how much I can do in one day. Um, And I one one thing I would say about those sort of VIP days, I couldn't do like five of them in a row. Like I did do two back to back right before Christmas holidays, like a a Thursday, Friday. (laughs) I was like done by Friday night. Cause it does, you're just like on you're you're producing, you're having to force the creativity out so much Mm. um, that by the time you're done, you're like, oh my goodness. So like I think one a week is like sort of my max um for the the done in a day. But but yeah, like. I think now that I did a couple, it was just, you know, I've gotten referrals from that. um, And now talking with any potential clients, I'll kind of come at it now with a, okay, there's, you know, my custom offering. And then I do have this other offering, you know, depending. So I feel like it's opened it up. And then a few people that have had me for a designer for a day, they want me to come back and do another designer for a day for them. Um, And then they eventually want me to do a custom a site for them so that it's also kind of like an not an entry level but it is sort of a way um you know more affordable way to work with me so yeah.
1: yes yeah. I love that I love that cool okay let's let's get a little bit deeper into some of your skill sets because one thing that I guess attracted me to wanting to talk to you was, Yes, you've grown a a pretty sizable Instagram following, but you've done that because you're someone that's really embraced the medium. You've embraced the medium of Pinterest too. I also uh, jumped on there and had a look at that. And one thing that you've been really good at, because I think just to put a pin in this, a lot of people over the last couple of years, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit more detail in a second, have felt like everything in their life is on like life is on hold i've just got to get through and therefore like their business doesn't always grow to the extent that they wanted to because everything's kind of hard and i i I get that and you've like i think what's great about talking to you is that for all the mamas out there listening to this you're someone that has had kids at home and probably equally as worse situation as what we've had in Australia, if not worse, I from what I understand in Canada. So you get it. Like <laughs> it was not by choice the last two no. years, but you've been able to continue to create and to do bits here and there around your children and even like some of the really cool things. Actually, bring in the fact that you have kids. Like, I remember one post I saw you were talking about storage, and you're like, when you have kids, you need this kind of storage. Oh, yeah. And real. Going, yeah. yeah. And it's going to allow you to have a beautiful, immaculate space when you want it or when mm-hmm. you've got friends over. But otherwise, like, they can go nuts in between. And so mm-hmm. I thought, like, that's really cool. That's saying, hey, I get you. You're a busy mama as well. Like, let's. Like, but you still want a beautiful house. Here's how you can get that. So, a lot of what you've done is a lot of DIY stuff, a lot of reels. I love some of your reels where you mix the making the coffee with your uh, business. Oh, tip. yeah. <laughs> really My
0: child really, really, really <laughs>
1: clever. And So I guess I would love to talk a little bit to creating content. And um, I know this has built a strong personal brand for you and that that's come over the years of just probably starting with the blogging and and putting stuff out there. But let's talk about creating content when, yeah, when you're in the situation that you've been in, when you have lots of constraints on you um, you're not necessarily, you know, like house projects and things that you could showcase as clients have been slow. So it's not like you have a ton of, um, stuff for a portfolio or whatever, because it's just taking time (laughs) and that's not, not, not your fault, but how, yeah, how have you continued to create content and be inspired to do stuff and maybe some tips and things as well in that? Okay, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think for
0: me, it's like, yeah, I definitely wasn't creating as much content as I used to when I have all three kids and my husband and three cats. Like it's like a zoo, right? Yeah. Um, so, but what would happen is I would start to get really frustrated. So like I would go, like maybe I'd go a few days and I, I hadn't put anything out there. Um, and then I'll just, you know, go on a cleaning rampage <laughs> or something. and And what I would focus on though really was like, just things that made me happy. Like for me, it was like, I love styling with books and magazines. I love buying flowers at the grocery store and making them look really good. So it's a lot of just styling small spaces, you know? So like it's in our bedroom where I, that's the one place I can control. Right. So it's like, you know, here's some of the products I'm loving right now. Here's, you know, my art and I'm not a big, we've done a lot of DIY projects in our house. Um, I say we, but my husband does all the work. I just tell him, like, you just to make direct it so please. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, but I'm very much not a, I don't want to create a DIY for the sake of Instagram because there mm-hmm. is a lot of that out there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. don't do that. Don't, don't mess up your house. You know, if you really love it, go for it. Um, so for me, what little better um you know i do work with um a local company actually they source a lot of their clothing from australia (laughs) um Ah. and it's a clothing company and i love them so every so often i'll get some new clothes from them and i'll style up something in my house and i'll do a photo shoot and i'll just talk about like um you know like i said i love telling stories i love sort of reminding people that um like where I've come from, you know? <laughs> Not that it was some horrible beginning, like I know I'm, I'm lucky and everything like that. But just to say, because I, one of the things that it always comes back to me is after I had my twins, I was so frustrated at the education system in general. I was like, why? can't, they tell you when you're in high school that if you have children, you might not actually want to go work in an office every day. And I know that's not like everybody or anything, but I was like angry, you know, like why can't, and I, even my job that I hated, I was like, can I do this part-time, you know, like just for now? And they were like, no, you know? So I was like angry and like, um, so I'm trying to remember why I brought that up. (laughs) but I think it was like, even now when I'm creating content, I remember that. I remember that feeling of feeling like this is it. Like I'm, I'm sort of stuck. Where can I go? I'm frustrated. So I do like to kind of rehash that story and be like, you know, you don't have to have a degree. You can just try. You need to tell people about what you're doing. Like I am a big believer in that, Like keep sharing what you're doing because even last year I was, my husband and I actually a local magazine um they put us on the cover of their annual interiors edition and it's a good magazine um and they found me because of my blog still you know wow. and it's because of the story they were uh, they were attracted to the story so i you know that's something that i come back to in my content constantly is just like reminding people and like the thing that you said about you know me, me making my chai lattes for me, that is such an easy way to make content. I used to do that in my stories before reels and people would always be like, I love watching you make this. So I was like, okay. So then once reels started and I was like, oh, what do I share? Like, you know, sometimes I do like to get re- really creative and do something cool for reels. But then sometimes I'm just like, I'm just going to make a chai latte and I'm going to write stuff, you know, and people, those ones seem to do better than almost all of my other reels is just when I'm, making this chai latte and writing using text. So sometimes it's not like the really hard thing, but like actually the people like consistency. That's the other thing I'll say about what I've learned about content creation is that although I can't post every day, like I just, I just can't, it's just not in my blood. Um, I do try to do a story almost every day and it's usually a selfie in my mirror in my bedroom and I'll just put like a big, you know, thought dump on the screen with text and people will say like I love that you start out this way like I feel like I know you because of this so um I guess there's some trust building even though that I'm not necessarily thinking it through but that's sort of been it is is more like my content the last two years has been born out of this desperate need for me to still be creative because mm. I am my most anxious and stressed when I'm not making something um So that's really, for me, that's the bottom line is that. And then the other thing too, is I'll have brand commitments. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have to do this, this paid real um, content for this brand. And I don't want that to be the only thing in my feed all week. So I better come up with some more organic content. Um, So the last two years, that's what it's been. It's been like, okay, some days I feel like really sharing and other days I'm sharing because I have other things that are paid that I need to share and I need to fill it in.
1: Yeah. Something Um, I love about your content as well. And you touched on that when you said about styling flowers, uh, like arrangements just in the home yourself and magazines and books and things like that. Something that you've done really well is utilizing your space and showing details and showing little aspects, little tweaks and changes that you make. How like a lot of people will say, oh, my life's so boring or my house isn't like as beautiful as yours. They'll have all of these excuses of why they can't create the content. How do you bust through those excuses? Is it simply the need to create something and put it out there because it's fulfilling like a creative need? So you kind of get over the fact that it's been a lot of your, your home, you know, Give us a bit of a pep talk yeah. get through that.
0: For me, it's like, it, it's just sharing the things that you love that are around you. And you don't even have to write about, you don't have to be like, oh, here is a photo of my new styled nightstand. You can just do something in your house, make something, look even remotely aesthetically pleasing and then talk about something completely different in the caption so that's what i do it's like okay i'm going to take a picture of you know this space today but i've never liked being like oh, here's what I did. Like, that's not me. It's been like, okay, here's a picture to fill the feed and look, you know, sort of on brand to me, but you know, I'm going to take this opportunity to say like five things that I'm really loving this week, or, you know, five things that have been getting me out of a funk or something like that. So it's more so like remembering that you don't have to do a big project. Cause I think That's one of the things that's exhausting about social media, especially in like any sort of design space is feeling like you constantly have to have all this new content to churn out. And I am like not here for that. Personally, I tire of the accounts that are always showing me something brand new um because it just seems exhausting and almost like you're creating content for the sake of creating content um so for me it's more just you know find something you love and one of the things i was saying is one of my favorite accounts to follow is taylor sterling and she used to own the glitter guide um and she just shares books like piles of books really grainy selfies wearing her dad's t-shirts holding books, you know, but what I like about it is that it's her and, you know, it's just this medium she has available for her in her house. And she does say interesting things with it, you know? Um, so it's those kinds of things that I really like. There's another account. Um, I think she's in, um, Scotland, Kate Levy. I don't know if you follow her at all, but, um, she has, she's on a television show as well, but she's not some like Uber, um, you know, celebrity like Instagram. It's just mostly styling little things in her house, you know? Um, so I think finding accounts like that who do it really well, those inspire me. Another person who inspires me is, uh, Emma Horo, I think is her account. She's in like the beauty, well, like skincare, um, industry, but she's just, she's not reinventing the wheel every time. And I think that's what I'm trying to say is that it's not this big grand reveal every time. It's just like her putting on a face mask or, or like a corner of her bedroom. That's really pretty. So like that is the stuff that I really like. Cause it's, it feels more attainable and like real to me. And then it's more like, well, I want to know what they're thinking today. You know, like I don't even care about the photo. Yes. I like it. It's pretty. That's what probably caught my eye initially, but it's more just like feeling like you're getting to know these people. So that's what I try to remember is that it doesn't have to be this big scheme or reveal every time. And like, and I think one of the things you asked me before was about not having a whole bunch of client projects Mm -hmm. and that's true. I just shared one last week that I literally did the consult for in August 2020. And I just did the photos last week. Like that's how long things are taking. Um, so yeah, it's hard. And then one thing I do personally still struggle with is sharing my branding and website work on my main, main account. Um, I've done that with Reels a couple of times, and that's something I'm hoping to do more of in Reels, but it's a balance between still wanting those fun brand partnerships. So not appearing like too businessy. But I don't even know if that's a problem. I'm just saying, you know, maybe I don't even have a problem. But all that is to say is that I I still struggle. But the thing that helps me is finding accounts that inspire me that I really like. Not that I'm like, oh, they look successful. So I should do what they're doing. But more accounts that I'm actually drawn to and that I want to spend time in. That is where I kind of pull inspiration from.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think everything that you just said, really what it comes back to is a finding inspiration outside of your own environment is totally cool and use that because that's something that's out there. There's so much inspiration out there these days. And for some people that inspiration is not even visuals on a screen, it could be their environment, it could be their location, or it could be, um, you know, walking down the main street of their town or whatever it is, and you find little different things that inspire you. But the second part of that that's probably actually more valuable than that is really humanizing the content. And we talk about that in our work is humanizing your marketing. And so when there's a real story attached to it, it, you actually get into that person's life. And it doesn't mean that you're sharing, you know, I think the, the the um not the backlash, but the reaction that people automatically have is, I don't want to share all the details. You're not, you're just, maybe you're making a comment on something that in your house that means something to you. And maybe it's a memory from, when your kids were little or something like that. There's some connection there, but it doesn't mean that you're giving this whole <laughs> insight into it, the messiness and the, or yeah, it's just little little snippets, but little snippets that humanize the experience and help us get to know you as a person. Um, I think that's the biggest transition, isn't it, that we've seen is that even even influencer marketing, I think is kind of going that way. It's less about a pretty person with a product and it's more about how that product is connecting with them in their daily life. So they are gold tips. They're so good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rewind this and listen to that a little bit because I think that'll even help me a lot in, in my content creation. So I would love to just hear from you, Ashley. How we can connect with you? Uh, where you, um, yeah, where you hang out? Uh, is Instagram the best place to connect with you? Send you a DM? Yeah, your details and all of that, and um, where your your design in a day packages are located. Sure. So yeah, Instagram is always a, a good one. I love voice
0: messages. <laughs> um, and that's at Ashley Isaac. I'm sure you'll put that somewhere because my last name's kind of tricky. Um, and then on there, I do have a sub stack that actually is kind of something that is newer to me. It was um, it and it feels like blogging again. It feels like for those of us that might have been around during blogger, and that's still where my blog is, Substack feels like that community. So I do have a weekly email that I send out. Um, you can get the link in my bio in Instagram. Um, it is ashley Um, and I send out one email a week. And it honestly, it was that I wanted a place where I felt like I could just say what was really on my mind, because even though I do do that a lot on Instagram, I still hold back sometimes. So I share things that inspire me for the week. Um, you know, sometimes things I'm working on things that I found and loved, um, that sort of a thing. So that's another area. And then, um, my designer for a day, um, for websites, so website in a day, brand in a day that's on my ash, Isaac, um studio.com uh website and then my interiors one is on ashleyisac.com but once again those are both linked from my instagram bio so it's all there it's all together that's the easiest place that's that's where I hang out I don't do I don't do TikTok <laughs> um and I'm on Pinterest but that's more if you just want to creep all of my things that I <laughs> save which there are many.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, cool yeah we'll make sure that all of that is Linked up in the show notes, and you can stalk Ashley and all of her interesting stuff that she does in her home, and and all of the tips and things like that that we've been talking about. You can stalk her content and see what how she does all these fun things with reels and things like that. So thank you so much, Ashley. This has been a really great conversation. I've loved diving into your story and your business journey. Super, super interesting. But also getting some of those insights into your business, some some mindset and some strategic as well. So thank you so much for your time.
0: Well, thank you, Ruby, for having me. It's been great. And I love your podcast. So I'm honored to, to be, be on it. You're welcome.